1: Hello. Uh,
2: We're going to get out of here real quick because this place is supposed to be empty. (laughs) So we heard. (laughs) Uh, But we have a really important announcement. We've got some business to attend to some of it musical in nature. So stick with us. Let's begin at the beginning. Hey, um, the New York City finale, uh, September 17th and 18th, it is actually going to be streaming live both nights over on Moment House. You're welcome.
1: That's right. September 17th and 18th, we will be live at Brooklyn's Bell House. And if you've been paying attention, you know that show is sold out both nights. But Never You Fear, Precious Scoobies, because now you can watch it anywhere you like on your couch, with popcorn, in a gathering, at a shindig, or perhaps at a hootenanny, so long as said places have the internet, or even in a well wired crypt. Virtual tickets are available right
2: this very moment over at moment.co, that is moment.co slash buffering the vampire slayer, or you can just go to our website and go to the finale landing page, bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash chosen. Those who attend the show virtually will also have access to broadcasts of both nights, if you get tickets to both nights, on video on demand for seven days. So that means even if you can't make it in real time, we've got you covered. It means if you wanna watch it a few times, we've got you covered. Uh, You know, we've just basically got you covered. Uh, What are we gonna be doing, you ask? Well, Saturday night is going to be (laughs) a pretty epic night of our favorite buffering songs, performed, of course, by Jenny Owen Young's Jenny, you're going to have a full band for these songs for the first time ever, aren't you? That's right. There's going to be a bunch of special guests. And Sunday night, we are going to, of course, be recording the season seven finale, Chosen, live in front of your perfect faces. We are taking bets now on how many boxes of tissues
1: we will go through. Again, all info and tickets at Moment.com. Co slash buffering the vampire slayer or over at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash chosen. Speaking of a very cool segue that I cannot possibly grasp at this moment in time. Great, uh, it's time for me to reveal the results of the sexual attention awards for dirty girls. What? They made us proud, Jenny. They made us proud. You love to see it. You love to see a tie for fourth place uh with three percent of the vote each for Xandrew and Spander. <laughs> Xander really this pulling is... down the average in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is correct. And then we in second place with 35, a very respectable 35% of the vote. It's Fuffy, fan faves Fuffy. However, Kristen, the time has come mm-hmm. for first place with 59% of the vote. 59% of the 916 votes we received. In total, it's Spaeth. That's Spike and Faith. Smoking. You're
2: welcome. Some cigarettes in the basement together. Apologies to those of you who <laughs> wanted to vote for S- Spaethy, Uh the trio of Spike, Faith, and Buffy. Uh, we didn't give you that option, but we're in charge. So, okay. <gasps> Uh, <laughs> yes, we are the bosses. A quick email, uh, because I haven't given you one in a in a sec. Uh, this one from Claire, listener Claire. After Buffy's terrifying vision in Get It Done, we suddenly find ourselves needing to know the plural of Khan. I prefer to think that the plural form follows more of a mother's in-law yes. or calls de sac yes. style. Yes. Not for any linguistic reason, but because it's funnier. So I humbly offer that the Hellmouth was crawling... With
1: Torex Han. Torex Han! (laughs) Claire is correct. Claire, you are right. You are right. Claire, Claire. we celebrate you. We do. Now, we have but one last small yet extremely important order of business to attend to before we head on into this episode, which features a very special guest, my friend and yours. Latoya Ferguson joins us for this very special episode. And guess what? It was frigging Latoya's birthday the other day. So pardon us while we do this. This
2: is a special version for nemesis Okay, here we go. (gasps)
1: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Day, dear Dear number one nemesis, Latoya. Happy Happy birthday
0: birthday to you. You You didn't ask for this.
1: And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free. In tandem with the gals I would absolutely never throw through a big window in a high school, Angel on Top. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Oh, I'm Kristen Russo, and this week we are discussing
2: Buffy Season 7, Episode 19, Empty Places. They are not full- They are not half full. They are entirely empty, the places. You should stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing.
1: Empty Places was written by Drew Z. Greenberg and directed by James A. Contner, and originally aired on April 29th, 2003. According to IMDB,
2: this is the one where, after their horrifying loss at the vineyard, the gang turn against Buffy and begin to follow Faith instead. Meanwhile, Spike and Andrew travel to an old church to question a priest about Caleb. This is also the one where a nemesis is in the fucking <laughs> podcast with us. <laughs> Sigh. H- Hello,
1: Latoya Ferguson. Latoya Hello! is
2: n- notably not saluting at right now at all. Just shaking. Not... Wow. There were so many eye rolls for every for everything we said. We just got an eye roll over. There LaToya were eye red. rolls. There
3: were uh, <laughs> eyebrow raises. <laughs>
2: ah,
3: I pulled a full the rock on your asses.
1: <laughs> wow, Latoya Ferguson. We are but two jabronis <laughs> in uh, the face of the people's champ here tonight. <laughs> In the face wow. of daddy.
2: Jenny just Jenny just <laughs> brushing up on her wrestling lingo to get the in with LaToya.
1: <laughs> uh, oh. Listen, the two things that I love, LaToya Ferguson and The Rock, so <laughs> <laughs> let's. Great choice. Great
2: choice all around. Um, LaToya, we're happy to have you here, despite what you might suggest to our audience. You know, like, despite what you may try to spin your PR that we mm. are, uh, we hate each other. You brought me in for a season seven episode. Uh, <laughs> what PR, I think it's real. Uh, hey, this uh, is a pretty good episode. I like this episode. What do you squint? It's fine, it's fine. LaToya is here to tell you it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I think I realize
3: uh, Drew Z. Greenberg's episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer are not for me. He's a he's a he's a big uh, Andrew head, so you know, because he is uh. he's an openly gay man, so like Andrew, <laughs> right, 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 he's right, talked right. about like Andrew being kind of like a, a self insert. So
2: apologies, Drew. Uh oh, wow, Drew and Andrew. Yeah, it's really they really yeah. Well, boo. <laughs> Okay, well, this yeah. is a conflict of interest. <laughs> Who's going to do the previously on? You're both here. Well, I could. I,
3: I wrote my own uh, previously ons Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> great. I, they're they're short. They're not as long as my angel ones, though. Okay, we're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Previously on Buffy. Buffy is a bitch, just like when she's in L.A. <laughs> Caleb is doing his shit. Uh, the way Nathan Fillion's Canadian-ness just lends itself to southernness, And those are my
1: previously. Wow. Good. Very <laughs> good. Jenny, you can do your own if you want. I'm just going to add, uh, for because I feel like some of this uh, is important, I don't know, for later. Uh, previously on Buffy, there's this guy named Caleb. I said that. He stabbed a girl named Shannon. I said that. Faith showed up, and uh, Giles and Don did not care for it. Uh, Buffy doesn't have time for Wood's vendetta. I said that. Buffy also said... <laughs> Buffy also said, fuck you, dad, to Giles. I said that. Uh, th- this is all covered uh, under the umbrella of Buffy's a bitch. <laughs> okay. Uh, then there's the, I heard you had something of mine, I do now, exchange. Yeah. Uh, the... Shadow Valley Vineyard's ass whooping featuring a couple of deaths and also Xander's little eye poke.
3: Caleb doing
1: his shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, just in case anybody's joining us for the first time today. I I
2: love the seriousness at which we recap previously on for a show that aired nearly 20 years ago today. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's special. I think it's what makes us special.
1: Well, I think like. It feels to me like uh, the reason that Buffy doesn't have time for Wood's vendetta, for example, is in the previously's, like, feeds right into our final scene mm-hmm. and the great schism <laughs> and Wood being like, hey, the fact maybe you should sit down.
2: The fact that both of you did a previously on and neither one of you said how hard the show is, again, still trying to make uh, it, the mission is what matters uh fly as the new phrase because it's in the previous leons again and
1: like later when we're at the police station doesn't sound like anything to me doesn't sound like it is but also we get it from
2: beneath
3: you dot 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 in this episode so that's
1: what i love is that the dude is
2: like being dragged into the police station he's like from beneath you and everyone's like no dude that was like six episodes ago shut up and also he's also like dude
3: are you sure you're not one of glory's brain sucked people
2: I mean, yes, exactly. He literally is, right? Like, then I realize how it. much it's the okay. first
3: is just kind of like, uh, we're gonna run back the glory thing again, I guess.
2: But the first can't touch anyone. Oh, give me, give me twelve glories over this creepy motherfucker. I'm
3: nodding my head now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. LaToya now can I take you to task? Head. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yes, Latoya said she was gonna get us. So why don't we start there? <laughs>
1: Yes, please get our asses, LaToya. So at
2: your
3: live show for Dirty Girls, you brought up Leos. Yes. You did not bring up me, who is really? a Leo. My birthday is next Friday, by the way, Jenny. So you were
1: close. Well, I'm already constructing my altar to celebrate, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm deeply sorry that I've, for this grave omission. There's no excuse for it. Uh, but I am really sorry. And happy birthday in advance. And you're very cool and nice T- and great.
2: Technically, <laughs> technically, um, Alba brought up Leos, so... <laughs> and you just kept going down that path, guessing it was Leo, but, but not true. I. <laughs> it's true. I apologize. I also
1: would like to, um, you know, make amends. We will be... Renting the plane that was flying over Comic-Con with various <laughs> Yellow Jackets messages and repurposing it to just wish everyone happy Latoya's birthday. It'll actually There's a reason why happy birthday
3: nemesis. <laughs> Cole Turner cast <laughs> is dropping next Friday, the first episode. Right. Perfect. Also, point two, you didn't bring up the one thing I always bring up with dirty girls which is rachel bilson as a potential slayer in the one scene xander's terrible dream and then she's like no i have to go away to the oc thank god
1: <laughs> um i know you guys i know another another unacceptable yeah omission and i am sorry um,
2: LaToya, I hope that we can find a way to make it all up to you, namely by inviting you to talk with us about a season seven episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: <laughs> One that you don't particularly care for.
2: <laughs> but that you care for more than any of the other episodes that are left in the bin.
0: <laughs> Yay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, all right. Shall we begin at the beginning? Yes. So we're on the main drag. Now we're really getting visuals that everyone is leaving Sunnydale. I Chris Russo have um my like emotional meter as we get closer to the end of the podcast is just really it's just really kind of going off the charts. So I when I sat down to take notes saw all the cars lined up and leaving and when it cut to Clem and his little VW bug I burst into tears. So I'm fine. I'm doing fine. Um but this is, you know, yeah, Jenny made an Italian hand. What's up?
1: No, I just like if this is emotional for you, buckle up. I know,
2: I know, but it is. It's but it's sad. It's also like Sarah Michelle Gellar's voice is all
1: hoarse, which is dude. She sounds like she's been gargling thumbtacks. Someone let this girl rest, sweetie. Hang on. You're almost at the finish line. and <laughs> People <laughs> wonder why
2: she wanted to quit the show. Seriously, she can like barely vocalize, um, which is which really works for the episode. Um, however, becomes hilarious when the first is Buffy and also the first is horse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, the that's first is normal. <laughs> the, the first is so in touch <laughs> with what's going on with Buffy and s- so good at spying on all the living things that uh the first is just like really going for accuracy and nailing it Mm -hmm. the first is method
2: (laughs) stanislavski
1: for the first (laughs) how do you both feel about the choice that clem drives a new red volkswagen beetle it tells me it's 2003 oh yeah it's very
2: fitting that's how i feel about that damn it okay I would like to add to the list of demon, you know, there's, like, a demon salon where they get their nails done and, like, a demon, clearly a demon bar, several. There's, like, a whole demon, like, underground world. So I would like to add to this that there is now a demon car dealership where the demons go to get their vehicles. Um, Oh, yeah. Like, the cost of a VW bug is, like, probably, like, 4,000 cats,
1: you know? So Mm -hmm. kittens, please. Kittens Kittens only. (laughs) Sorry.
3: (laughs) Uh, I do have a note that says, uh, first of all, Clem, go to LA if <laughs> you think it's really bad <laughs> oh, here. Oh, yeah. yeah! Second of all, Clem, just eat cats. It's in
2: your Alf-ask nature. <laughs> Don't <serious>. be afraid <laughs> to eat cats. I felt the same way when he was like trying to be like good for Buffy. Like, no, it's my morals. I was like, dude, this is just who you are.
3: She she also
1: really only had a problem with it
3: because she was fucking blackout drunk. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, Be true to yourself, Clem. Don't let Buffy stop you from being you. Clem in the Hyperion. Imagine like Clem and
2: Lorne hanging out. What a delight. Yes. Good. Perfect.
1: I'd I'd watch that. So... So, you can see breezes.
2: Yes. Right. <laughs> like fucking Lauren would make them each a sea breeze and fucking Clem would be pouring like bowls of bugles for them both. It would be so cute.
1: Yes. Uh, things are bad. Things are bad. Clem is like, I'm leaving town because uh, it seems like, wow, this time is different. And I don't think. Anybody's going to be able to stop this, except, of course, for you, because you rock. And if you save the world, I'll come back and we can get a drink. I mean, when? I mean, when you save the world, because there will be all of the the rocking. And he does like th- this hand symbol. Listeners, I'm uh <laughs> curling down my, I have raised my hand. I'm curling down my middle finger and my ring finger. <laughs> and then my pinky and my first finger are up like little rock and roll devil horns. Yay! Yeah! Uh, and is very impressed actually so
2: yeah is like smiling so big she's so happy <laughs> they're lying on yeah. me people <laughs> um, the moment that gets me a lot is when Clem sort of breaks this sort of you know I have confidence in you and says maybe you should just leave this time especially knowing how the whole episode ends like Not that she's leaving Sunnydale, but she definitely leaves by the end of this episode.
1: The thing that really gets me in this scene is that Clem says, take care of yourself. And Buffy doesn't say it back, which also really feels connected to the end of the episode for me.
2: Yikes. Stripes. Fruit, striped gum.
1: No, this is a... This is an anti-Yikes, Stripes, Stripes, Gum wow, podcast, oh, Jenny hates Kristen.
2: rainbow zebras. We go to the credits. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited because now we go back after the credits and we have Giles in a fucking trench coat.
1: <laughs> and I die. I think this is a very good day for Giles. I think he is pleased as punch to be doing a little... Detective subterfuge oh, turtleneck yes yes <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that most of the Scoobies have leaned into the end of the world, you know? Like, which is which is relatable content, you know? I think most of us are doing similar things now. Just like, well, I don't know. I guess maybe it's cool that we're the people who will be here when it all burns to the ground. <laughs> makes, makes you a little punchy. Uh, the only one not leaning mm-hmm. in is our Buffy, I think.
3: That's how I feel about being on a season seven episode.
2: <laughs> no! Lean in, oh, no. lean in, Latoya. Get punchy. Put on your turtleneck and your trench coat. <laughs> I do have a turtleneck.
3: Uh, no, nice. I do have a turtleneck.
2: <laughs> nice
3: for when I, I when I have to be Sydney Bristow. So,
2: ooh, yes. All right. So the the cops are um
3: the, well, cops, the cops are, are important <laughs> because the cops are people. besides well, two of them are people. So, Black oh. Cop is played by Dorian Missick who honestly, if this were any other UPN show, he would be one of the leads and not just a cop on Bully. Wow. Uh, uh-huh. But he's an uh-huh. actor, he's been in a lot of things. He's in uh, Lucky Number Eleven, a movie I, I very much love. Nice. Uh, the Cape, Southland, a great show about cops. Yes, cops suck, but the Southland also <laughs> knows sometimes cops suck. <laughs> 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 Regina King, baby! Lucy wow. Liu shows up. She's a real piece of wow. shit in that, honestly. <laughs> i will follow Uh, regina king anywhere so oh she is yeah she is so good on southland uh but yeah he is uh he's he's from there and then when the other two cops show up there's a blonde one no idea who that is i didn't look into it there's a brunette one do you
1: you guys recognize the brunette one did you recognize him Kristen? no he he is your former boyfriend what (laughs) 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 it's more latoya's domain to say than mine. Wait, what? For a boyfriend? What is yeah. he from? Tell me and then I'll know. Uh, it's a show called Angel. Uh, he's my former boyfriend from Angel? Yeah, he plays a character named Billy. <laughs> That's rude. That's rude. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> Jenny That's so
2: just mean. getting me from like four layers down. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking mean. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. wow that was fucking Billy though that's wild yeah, that I didn't recognize him give him some spiky
3: him. hair give so some floppy hair and yeah I was like why do I ne- recognize this white man and like, I need to see because I knew he was going to be at the end the credits and I'm like it's fucking billy <laughs> we're like they say he's like the hell mouth doing this but i'm like is he just using his billy powers on them because that, that could also be what it is <laughs>
2: or are
0: they just Dude, being yeah. fucking cops
3: like it's unclear like, B- billy is back board. yeah and billy is using his billy powers <laughs> <laughs> they should have done that honestly
2: um yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah Chris's boyfriend apparently my,
2: apparently unbeknownst to me I'm so happy to find out that Billy is my boyfriend it says his character's name is
3: Monroe but no he's Billy <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Billy forever uh, the,
2: the cops are itching to quote hand out some justice that's their through line for the yes, episode they
0: found Killing. a warrant
3: for a fugitive in their backyard who could that be she's
1: from Boston keeps it and doesn't need any frills seems like she's
2: The cops have been like mind controlled by Willow and tricked by Giles's trench coat into giving them the file on Caleb and then the other. Imp- important ish thing I guess is just that there's some guy in handcuffs who we referenced already uh, screaming from beneath you and they are the cops are being um, really unjustified in their um, violence and and in their quote uh, handing out some justice which as we all know is very unlike the cops so you know it's definitely the Hmm. hell mouth that is causing this the cops have never been bad to any character Mm. on Buffy the Vampire Slayer either no no totally unlike the cops so So we go to the hospital where we are. We've got three characters, but sadly only five eyes.
1: Uh, Buffy is explaining a bunch of stuff to Xander about, like what she talked to the doctors about, and she is going. She is like going around the Grand Canyon to avoid saying the word "eye."
3: Okay, so here's the thing. The reason why I chose to be on this episode of all yes. my my few options <laughs> was that I'm like, well, obviously I'll get to rant about all these bitches kicking Buffy out of her home. How dare they? And then I rewatched the episode and then I'm upset because
2: Buffy's acting like she's in LA right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, like Alba's notes also were like this is the first time I did a rewatch where I literally was like I'm so glad this that is, Buffy is left.
3: <laughs> this is they 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 trick you because they also, you know what they do? They make Kennedy likable and understandable in this episode. <laughs> they intentionally
2: do that. Yes, Kennedy's not behaving this way before. Kennedy has some fucking smart shit and you know who has the smartest shit is fucking Rona. Oh, Rona who uh I will say I've been watching
3: uh, Boston Public. Uh, you, you you know about this. Uh, and uh, Indigo, <laughs> who plays Rona, was is at least in season three. So I'm in season three, and she's actually, I'm like loving her in season three of Boston Public. Still not feeling Rona that much, but I'm
2: like th- now it's like it's spilling over though. I'm like okay, I'll, I'll oh, listen to you. I love. I fucking love Rona. Um... <laughs> but especially in this episode except for one line which we'll get to towards the end which I don't understand why it was given to her. I, I am I'm just like thinking it's kind of
3: performance. I'm like we have a lot quite a few talented actresses playing these characters and just mm-hmm. I think a lot of the potential stuff comes down to performance for me. I'm like I know you can all do better. So yeah. why is this what's happening? Here?
2: Mm. Yeah. Fair. Fair. So, um it gets real sad in the hospital room. Pretty quickly, uh, Buffy, like you said, Jenny is—I mean, really—giving us just like the the tip of the iceberg here because this is how she's going to be for the majority yeah. of the episode. Like, here's your facts: I refuse to acknowledge what happened. I can't apologize or take accountability, and because Girl, of that, I'm also imploding sorry. and being extra reckless. She doesn't even have to be say she's sorry; just be comforting at
3: all, and she's not. Like, they've been to. Uh, all of them together have been to the hospital so many times and this is like the one time she's not like being a friend with Mm. any of them being in the hospital
2: she's (sighs) broken she broke she broke the vineyard fight broke her which is not giving her an excuse to behave the way that she's behaving but it's so clear that she just has broken yeah (laughs) Um, so Buffy leaves and Willow is like, I thought we were gonna, like, fucking, you know, like, to your point, LaToya, I thought we were gonna do what we have done any other time we've been in the hospital with somebody who has been, like, injured in battle. They should have, and...
3: yeah, braided Xander's hair. They should have given yeah. him cornrows. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. Willow's would be perfect, and, and Buffy's would be terrible. Oh, God. The reversal. <laughs>
2: To take us into some of the gravity of uh, what has happened, I'm just going to take us into the episode for a moment to hear the exchange uh, that ends this scene between Willow and Xander.
0: No one will ever make me watch Josh 3D again. Yeah, and you'll never have to... Oh, Willow. Please don't.
3: I did uh, kind of tear up from Xander Willow just trying to joke
2: through it. But again, I'm having a bad day. I've been crying for most of the day anyway, so. Yeah, I teared up as well. I wasn't having a bad day, but, you know. Jenny has no emotions.
1: I felt emotional. (laughs) I didn't cry.
3: Like a robot would say. (laughs)
1: Yes, I I possess a full span of regular human emotions, just like you do, and it's fine.
2: It's hard, you know, because, I mean, I'm just thinking this now, but I think that this episode gives us many characters who are trying to do the things that they've always done before that have worked, and it's not working on, like, a smaller scale Willow and Xander have always been able to, like, laugh through the pain and they cannot do Mm -hmm. it. And on a bigger scale, Buffy has always been able to, like, say, but I'm the Slayer. So just do this and it will work. And it doesn't.
3: But at the same time, when Buffy does specifically that, her loader bullshit is like, I'm the Slayer. Do this and it'll work. It never works. Like, the the problem here is that for some reason she decides it's, it's all me, it's my way or the highway. That has never been the correct option, Buffy. The whole point of this entire series is like, you have your friends and your family and like that camaraderie mm-hmm. and that's what works. And when you're keeping these uh these potentials, not these children as she calls them at arm's length, like that's what the issue is. Yeah. Like she's not doing what she always does yes. in terms of what, what works. She's doing what she always does before she does a thing that works. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I have great news. At least for me and Kristen. I don't know how Latoya That's is going to... bad news
2: for Latoya. <laughs> feel about it.
1: But uh, Latoya, maybe you'll like this scene, even though Andrew's in it, because he doesn't have any lines. Well, He just has prop work. My
3: problem with the scene is that Anya is not telling them anything they don't already know. She's just saying things. Oh, stake a vampire. What? You don't have... Powers, yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't
1: do it. It's not super helpful, but apparently she's been out talking to her contacts, and she's got to come back with something. Yeah. They, and Anya doesn't realize all of her contacts trolled her. But <laughs> <laughs> some of them literally, are, probably. Yeah, some yeah. Of them were literally trolled. Uh, I mean, we've only encountered one Turokhan, and Buffy decapitated it, which would perhaps lend you know, lend us the idea that like they could be staked or whatever, but Buffy also did try to stake it and it didn't work. So did you try taking
3: like... off its leather
1: uh, ensemble. <laughs> yeah, You have to remove <laughs> the tunic before you stake. I mean, <laughs> this would be, this would feel like more exciting information. If all of the potentials also had super strength. Right.
2: Which Anya somehow thinks they have. Rona literally looks at her fucking broken arm and looks back at Anya like, "Hello." <laughs> I think I think the importance of this, I mean, the importance of this is twofold, right? One, they all need a place to go because they need because Kennedy and Amanda need a place to be sent later in the episode. Downstairs, you have to go downstairs with Anya. And two, I think that it gives us like, the Rona and Amanda lines that feel really important. W- Rona saying, you know, it's not actually the fucking Uber vamps. Like, we're afraid of the fucking preacher. We just were in this fucking space with this preacher. We're afraid of the preacher, and no one is telling us what we need to know. And then Amanda, just a reminder that Amanda is fully just like, nothing works. Nothing will ever work. <laughs> we will lose this war, which I love about Amanda, because she was the cheery one in the
1: beginning. The other thing I think this scene does is that, okay, it's really hard to remember this from where we are at the end of season seven, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer is actually a show that for the most part is like really fun mm. to and a joy to watch. <laughs> but, no, it's
3: uh, uh, but, pain and suffering. I've seen the past two seasons, so I don't know what no, you're talking about. No,
1: no, 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 no. It's actually an action comedy. <laughs> no, this is <laughs> hell. Genre show. She was in heaven and uh, she
3: came back for these last two seasons. This is hell.
1: It is. It is. Okay. we're in hell now but the people making the show distantly recall through the haze of time that the show was once fun and they're trying to do anything they can to insert some fun into these like episodes that are essentially just like harrowing you know so they put Anya and Andrew in a room together to do a little easel bit Mm -hmm. Uh, which, you know, I'm thankful for Andrew's drawings. Oh, my I'm God. I'm thankful for him drawing a son and then writing teeth, <laughs> claws, breakup, sex, uh, just hitting the really important bullet points. I have a mind
2: about me to try to make a fucking sticker that is just this image. I love it so much because especially the, the thing that really puts it over the top for me is that the sun has a big smiley face. You know, and it's like a smiling son, teeth, claws, breakup, sex. It's very good.
1: It's a smiling sun ready to obliterate any Turrican that dare stick its pointy little ears (laughs) above ground. You
2: know, Latoya, you may have negative opinions on Andrew, but he does know his way around a marker. We have to give him that.
3: At this point, he's not doing anything aggressively terrible. Right. He's not complaining about Hot Pockets yet, which Hot Pockets are disgusting, so shut the fuck up.
2: Not yet. All right, so let's go to the kitchen. We'll get closer to Hot Pockets. We're not there yet, but we're closer. Hot Pockets. Oh, yes, where Faith is the most 2003
3: anyone person has ever been because of her belt.
2: Oh, my God. Plus just eating elbow deep in a bag of chips with that belt is very 2003 all around. I'm pretty into Kennedy and Faith speaking to each other. I enjoy it.
3: Oh, yes. uh, Kennedy flirting with Faith. I'm like, that's what I read in my notes. Uh, And this is where it was like, Again I was saying Kennedy is surprisingly not written the way she's been written for this entire season, which reminds me of watching this live with my family. I remember me and my younger brother like we thought like when they introduced Kennedy it's like, oh we're gonna get like we're getting like faith 2.0 and we were actually mm. looking forward to Kennedy and then they were like, Nope, she's just a spoiled brat. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, <laughs> I was like,
3: mm-hmm. I wanted some competency in any of these potentials, and like Kennedy is like the, the closest, and they even show that in this episode. Yeah, but you get so much—it's so much of the antagonism, and just like she's the anti-Tara, which is a lot of it. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is a character I want—I wanted to like and love, and immediately it's like, mm. no, you're not allowed to like or love anything anymore. This is season seven. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. But I, do you feel a brief respite from that when she walks into a room where Faith is already sitting and they start talking to each other?
3: I feel just like Iyari Lamone actually gets to act in this yeah. episode. Like mm-hmm. being snotty Kennedy is like, that's one note is what and I feel like that's a lot of it. Like she actually gets to act in this episode and there are layers to the way she is behaving. And when she apologizes to Buffy later, she legitimately feels bad for like what she has said. And that that contrition does not exist prior to this episode. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but also the stakes didn't exist. I mean, I agree with you, but I think also, at least for me, my experience of Kennedy has been like, she's been pretty shitty toward Buffy, but Buffy has been making really fucking horrible decisions and not keeping the potential safe. But she's
3: been shitty since day one. She's been shitty without cause. Like, if anything, you have now to be shitty and then she's actually being decent it makes yeah. like I'll give Greenberg this he actually wrote Kennedy like a real character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's the first one to do that <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and and that moment really stuck out to me where she apologizes at the And table. also,
3: I, I know I, I called out Greenberg but like it's specifically again it's so many shows are written by, like, the staff and, like, they give someone, like, the, the episode. But, like, it's based on an outline that like, everyone has come up with. They've all broken the episode together. It's just, unfortunately, like, some, some episodes that I, I consider lacking, his name is on them. But, like, obviously we know it all goes up to the Marty and then Joss anyway. So, yeah. like, and also he's he's been great elsewhere and he did a great stuff on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Nice.
2: So, Faith and Kennedy have their exchange in the kitchen, and, um, you know, Faith is like, good on you, Kennedy, for fucking playing hooky. She has a moment where she asks uh, for some chips, and Faith is like, I'll trade you for a pack of cigarettes and some soap. Wait, no, sorry, I'm not in prison anymore. You can just have some chips. Um, Amanda comes in, and... Talks about how Anya is uh, recalling her breakup sex, and Faith lets her in on a little tip <laughs> that she uses,
1: which is that no! when I... <laughs> no! No! The, like, the satisfaction on her face. She's like, yeah, nice, high-fiving herself. <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> i I'd like, just give me that
2: footage. I would like to see the footage of Faith being like, well, you know, he lost his virginity to me, and Anya's response to that well- is it- just... They can't all use that faith.
3: And also, <laughs> do we have to talk about whether or not Xander is good in bed? Because <laughs> Anya seems to think so, and Faith doesn't seem to not think so. So yeah, I mean, honestly, it seems it, like, on, like... it
2: seems like Xander's not bad in bed. You know? It's like
3: on the originals uh, for Empire Diaries when we had to acknowledge that Klaus Michelson fucking puts it down.
2: <laughs> I think that Xander allows it to be put down and that is why people enjoy uh, having sex with Xander. I think Xander mm-hmm. just really owns the bottom that he is. Yes. And he allows it to be put down. Ple- right, it's pleasing to both Faith and Anya. Tops, two tops, no waiting. <laughs> <sighs> Jenny is <Yeah>. furious. <laughs> Jenny's face is so red. I'm fine, (laughs) so.
3: A person who's not fine
1: says. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we learn that like, since the last episode, nobody's learned anything substantial about Caleb, uh, their research and Anya talking to her contacts. Nothing's gone anywhere and everybody's feeling pretty bleak about it. Enter Buffy with a police file. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> Kristen hates the police file. No,
2: I'm just like, I'm so it's it's really hard to watch every time Buffy enters in this episode because you just want her to especially in the fucking last scene, but throughout, you just want her to like break and cry mm. and apologize and yeah. be there with the team, and she cannot fucking do it. Instead, she
3: drains the life from anyone because also enter Dawn, who was not in the meeting meeting. Oh and Dawn's trying to be lighthearted while also trying to get Xander information. Yeah. And neither of those things are helpful. No,
2: like Dawn asks, and I, I do love, I think that the episode does a really good job of showing us how much um, care Faith is taking of Buffy. Um, like as much as she's like, Standing her ground and, like, you know, being annoyed with the Buffy of Buffy, she's really aware of her. And, like, when Dawn asks about Xander for a second time, Faith is the one that's, like... Maybe not now, you know, like, like really cues on to like lay Scram, off. Scram, kid. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, I mean, if we're to understand that Slayers carry this particular kind of weight, then Faith really is the only person in the orbit that can understand precisely mm-hmm. where Buffy is, though Faith would never do what Buffy is doing.
3: I, I get that. And she's right to, you know, try to help Buffy and is trying to take care of I feel like she should have possibly talk to dawn though because i guess she, she knows dawn probably as like the pipsqueak little sister <laughs> but like dawn is a uh, very much someone who should she should have a conversation with like possibly try to get on the same page here. yeah and yeah. i put in my notes season seven is the best dawn season oh. by far because it also just allows michelle trachtenberg to be like the talented actress we all know she is instead of having to play a brat child yeah
0: mm.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've always loved Don from the jump, but. But, like, she had to play, like, a brat
3: child, also younger, like, younger. That's why specifically the brat child she is, yes. Yeah. She actually, like, just gets to be a good actress.
1: Every time somebody tells Kristen that they've come around to Don, (laughs) she just tells them. I, I like liked come Dawn, to Dawn. I've always
2: thought this. I I I actually <laughs> liked Dawn like from like way back when she was like a teeny tiny baby on the series, like when she was born. I liked I her, so. I liked Dawn when she was a fetus actually. Uh, <laughs> I liked her when she was, she was, was a Joyce. mystical energy key actually. Love that <laughs> key. Uh, gave it the best key ring of all. Um okay, so so this is the Kennedy of it all. We talked about this a bit, but Kennedy basically they're Kennedy doesn't do anything wrong. She doesn't say anything wrong. She literally states the fact it is not. I don't think at all, like mm-hmm. she says, intended to be a burn on Buffy. No. But they're talking about Caleb. And she's like, also, could we find out like what the deal is with his ability to render a Slayer useless in one yeah. punch, which is literally what happened yeah. um but because buffy is not processing anything she is deeply affected by this and then kennedy apologizes to, it doesn't matter buffy is in her own fucking world so faith gets the girls to leave um to have i think i think she like wants to have a moment with buffy but buffy is like see that everyone gets started on this and faith is like yeah and buffy leaves faith's got the file and why why does Buffy go to the school? Does anyone know? Is that the she only place to, to get
3: to get her, her stuff? That's she said that when she
1: has she has her stuff there. It's one framed <laughs> photograph from season one of her Willow and Xander that she it's needs to look at and two, then shed a okay. tear. Oh. Um,
3: I guess you, you host this podcast, but whatever.
2: Oh, shit. It's
1: season two. Oh, shit. Latoya <laughs> said, nope, you're wrong. Season uh, two. Well, you, we first see the framed photograph in season two. It's from.
3: It's like they filmed. Like they shot it during season two. Look at Sarah's hair. Oh.
1: <laughs> okay, I will look at Sarah's hair, Latoya, and I'm really sorry.
3: <sighs> but like, <laughs> this is Brenda's hair too. Like it's season two. This is look not... at their hair.
2: Look at everyone's hair.
1: Okay, I promise I will look at
2: everyone's hair. <laughs> this is not the only place that this photo is kept. And also, there's a preacher who can literally throw her through walls. Why? Has she gone to this school?
3: Speaking of the preacher, let's discuss oh. the fact that we have Nathan Fillion. Again, I said his, somehow his Canadianness leads, like, lends itself to him. He's he's often doing like, a southern drawl for some reason. It's not always like this, but it's it's he, he for some reason he does that. And then we have Gina Torres on Angel. We have to discuss: should they have never canceled Firefly? <laughs> because here's what, here's what happens: yes, Gina Torres good. Nathan Fillion. How do we feel?
1: <laughs> I mean, I just don't love Nathan Fillion as a villain. Like,
0: Nathan Fillion. Maybe...
1: Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Nathan Fillion. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just doesn't feel. He's, like, too, like, squeaky clean or something, which, like, I I guess I could see how maybe one could imagine that, like, really working with, like, mm-hmm. a. Preacher with an arc sign. Well, that's kind of why thing. it works
3: in Doctor Horrible, because he plays like the superhero is actually like the villain.
1: Totally, and that yeah, that totally works. But something about this doesn't do it. Maybe it's maybe it's that a whole new like major villain is introduced like five episodes before the end of the entire series or something. It's just like fucking. <laughs> I um. I think Caleb is a pretty effective
2: villain as like written on the page and i'm fine with nathan fillion but like just as a as a hum as an actor but i just That's feel he, he he's fine is how i feel about him and i wish that i there was somebody who i felt more than that about that was in this role mm. Yeah, I don't
3: know how I feel about uh, him as a human anymore. <laughs> well, After yeah, him. as a human, <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: feel good about him anymore
3: at all. Um, when, I, he, when he said, ain't that just like a woman, I'm like, is that Caleb or is that Nathan Fillion? Yeah,
2: I um, I also like didn't, like we watched Firefly and I really disliked the character of Mal, so. What, you don't like him calling Inara a whore every other I line? I really just couldn't, I couldn't get into him at all. And so. It's a love story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, but I will say, like, in this scene, in, it, I mean, and in several scenes, the, the whether it's Nathan Fillion or the dialogue or misogyny <laughs> in general working for it, it is pretty fucking mm-hmm. terrifying. Um, yeah. The, like, the misogyny in this scene is fucking rough. It is it, it, bad. It is, but I
3: also, I, another note I have, I, like, I'm, like, I think, billy possibly just does the caleb Mm -hmm. character better Mm -hmm. in one episode like i'm like Mm. billy could have been you know really just bring billy over here yeah
2: i just want to say something about um i know that we don't want to talk about misogyny for the whole episode but i think don't we (laughs) i think that somebody i think i think that's something that um started to just like pull at my brain this episode is something that's like bothering me a little bit is that i feel that caleb clearly i don't feel caleb is the most extreme version like warren and caleb on similar sides of the scale of misogyny right and, mm-hmm. and the villains, and the clear villains. But I feel that, like, it's... it I don't know, it feels a little dangerous to me because this, the more subtle aspects of misogyny in the show are, like, not acknowledged like that at all. And so to take that, like... You can clearly see that this man hates women. So clearly he is the villain. Um, when the show has like shown us a lot of characters who are pretty shitty to uh, women and various marginalized folks without making them the villain. just fe- It just feels like the connective tissue is missing a little bit in a way that like I haven't put my finger on but feels It's because not...
3: Joss. Right. Because he does
2: the subtle misogyny. Right uh, and he's so like
3: overt is bad but he's not overt so he's good. So he's
2: good. Right. That's right. That's the thing. It's subtle so it's okay. It's I'm joking so it's okay. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to murder yeah. you so uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get, get over it, charisma. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the only place we can um go from here that will help us with misogyny is that giles has now taken his trench coat off and is only wearing his turtleneck and it is great
3: and he is doing two cool things which is mentoring dawn and telling andrew to shut the fuck up
2: (laughs) i want to play giles's jingle when he tells andrew to shut up it is so good
0: yeah now you're older you got glasses that help you watch over
2: us thank you giles giles being like fuck life get me spike and you know what let me have let daddy have a little fun we're gonna send andrew with spike <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny
1: <laughs> i for one am 100 percent game for a Spike and Andrew mess around, yeah, little little road trip, yeah, and it gets them out of the house so Latoya doesn't have to think about them for a little while.
0: I'm fine. Uh, Latoya about and Spike,
3: Giles.
2: but uh, even though I have issues, but Andrew, I don't need to think about him.
1: But Andrew's Take the him
0: only
2: the reason. Desert and leave him there. Andrew is the only reason we get Spike's monologue about a blooming onion, which I think we could all appreciate.
3: I think he could tell what of the potentials about a blooming onion. <laughs>
2: Um, Well, actually, Latoya, we're about (laughs) to go to one of your favorite Andrew moments, which is that before Spike and Andrew are sent on their little motorcycle church mission to the listener who has not watched the episode, Giles takes out the tiniest magnifying glass (laughs) (laughs) ever. been made it's so small and he uses it to see that this little knot on the wall of this church that Don has been looking into is actually a seal of importance i also love that you went so high that the microphone couldn't capture it at times <laughs> <laughs> that's how small the magnifying glass was <laughs> it's
1: so small that it doesn't always get picked up by microphones
3: also me so uh, angry in my notes all caps shut up and do <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I, I couldn't
2: spell his name right. <laughs> Leave off the last R for rage, you know?
1: <laughs> um, there's a couple things. One of the things is that what Giles has seen with his teeny tiny magnifying glass and then what in turn Dawn and then Spike also see with the teeny tiny magnifying glass <laughs> is a seal burned into the wood on the wall of this mission. And the seal has become more complex than it was in the previous episode. Watching this episode, Kristen, I was sweating. I was like, oh no, I made a big deal about how Caleb's ring burned Shannon's neck and it was just a circle and everyone acted like it was something like extremely identifiable. I went back and checked and I just want to confirm that Shannon's burn is basically a circle. Thank you. It's but,
3: been 2 weeks. So they're allowed to have intricacies now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're allowed
1: yeah. to have intricacies
2: now. He just can see that we have too hot. It just he meant to make right, it so right, right, that it right, could right. really show its seal, but he fucked up.
1: What what has developed in the center of the seal is something that will really set Caleb apart. And we'll really be able to identify where he's put a seal on something versus like any other—I don't know—homicidal preacher or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a—it's got a cross in the middle. It's got a little—it's a circle with a cross. Uh-huh. Uh, I've never seen anybody use a cross for anything before. So here we are mm-hmm. uh, with a highly identifiable <laughs> Caleb's seal, unmistakably burnt into the side of this mission. The other thing that I need to tell you is that this mission is located in Gilroy, California. Giles is sending Spike to Gilroy, California, which is nicknamed the Garlic Capital of the World. Oh my God. God.
3: That's pretty funny. Will
1: he be okay? Is this actually another attempt by Giles wow. to assassinate Spike? The Maybe. Garlic Capital? I think it produces something like 90% of uh, garlic. Available in the United States
2: what a remarkable fact. Good job, Jenny.
1: Thank you This is also Jenny did it Jenny <gasps> little. Jenny. little... Jenny, not so little anymore. I'm still little. I'm sorry. Very little. Yeah, I can barely see you. (laughs) No, I actually got smaller. talking about Gilroy.
2: Same size as the teeny tiny magnifying glass. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, This mission I read, I think, is the same mission that they used in the episode Pangs. Um, Yeah, that makes mm -hmm. sense. Filming
1: location.
3: But also, if garlic was actually dangerous to, to a vampire. Spike would hate the blooming onion. There's garlic in that shit.
1: <laughs> there must
2: be. Um, also, this Latoya, point. this is your favorite scene as well because it is where we <laughs> learn that Faith has. This is
3: your way of being like, oh, that's your boyfriend. Like every scene. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you love the hot pocket. You love <laughs> it.
2: Um,
1: Faith has stolen. I'm doing. I'm do. I'm representing Latoya's relationship to the hot pocket right now by taking my two little pointer fingers and smushing them together like <laughs> Latoya and the hot pocket are kissing thank you
2: Faith is eating the if i i would like to bring to the table for consideration that Faith has not stopped eating this entire episode which leads me to believe that Faith is also incredibly horny we know these two <gasps> things go together for a slayer she's eating chips she's eating hot pockets she the girl cannot stop eating she okay, needs okay. to she needs to Something she's got, Spike. She's got Buffy. She's got many options underneath this roof. Even Kennedy is on the table for consideration.
1: Oh, yeah. um, uh, Jesus, uh, are you okay? Huh? Um, speaking of sex under this roof, I'm sorry, I feel like we like glossed right over the fact that Anya told a bunch of potentials that she and Xander had recently had breakup sex on a surface that they were, some of them were sitting on.
3: You act like that's new. She'll tell anyone she fucked Xander.
2: Also, I'm sorry, <laughs> but if you're sitting on a bed, probably people have fucked on it. Like it just- Whoa, 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 whoa. It just whoa. feels like- Okay. Not if fucking, it's my bed, I'm... that's for sure. let <laughs> <laughs> really well played. hello, well played. Uh, just the <laughs> girls act as though like they're, I mean, I just, it just is a dramatic, response they get off of the cot it's like they i mean i would imagine they've like changed the sheets it's fine guys
3: also like what's gonna happen if you sit on it like i that like that just joke in general i know like I, i'm always like there's nothing what's gonna happen to you shut up <laughs> oh we fucked on that table
2: okay you can still <laughs> eat off that table that's gonna happen you will not get pregnant from eating off of the table where other people have fucked it's you're not sci- like, eating science. off the table you have a like a plate
3: like or a bowl like calm down <laughs> Wow. All right. Okay.
1: I'm sorry. I
2: brought it up.
3: You should be.
1: (laughs) I know.
2: Um, uh, the only other thing that, uh, well, there's two other things in this scene that I would like to bring, um, into the conversation. One is that the thing that Spike says when he's pulled up from the basement before he's sent on his mission is what's up Rupert. And I would like to put my two pointer fingers together for that. (laughs) Wow. And also, um, Faith, Faith decides <laughs> Latoya is for the listener, shaking her head in shame and disgust uh, at me. But I am impenetrable. I know that Latoya loves me, no matter how much she shakes her head at me. Nino! <laughs> 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 <know. gasps> The other thing that I wanna talk about in this scene, of course, is that at the end of it, Faith is like, the girls are just sitting here feeling crappier by the minute. And Dawn's like, we have to keep them busy. And Faith's like, I have an idea. Yeah, because
3: Dawn's also like trying to make it, like make sure the girls don't think everything's dire, even though it is. Again, (laughs) I will ring the fucking bell. Why is it Donna Potential? It's Slayer's blood. You're made of me. Why did we have that goddamn previously every other episode in fucking season five? Mm. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) She's literally made of Buffy. She should be a potential.
2: (laughs) In my my math, she is. I don't care what the
3: show tells me. My million dollars a fucking week, I will fix (laughs) this show. (laughs) Season six and season seven will be perfect under my watch. Hell yeah.
2: Um, hey, guess who's playing at the fucking bronze, you guys?
1: Nerf Herder is playing and Dawn is dragging them.
3: She's not dragging them, but also Dawn only goes to the bronze after she has curled her hair. (laughs) She must, (laughs) she must curl her hair. She will not go to the bronze otherwise. Everyone's like, come on Dawn, let's go.
1: Like, I have to curl my hair. (laughs) I love that later they're like, oh, sorry, Xander. We're glad you're home, but sorry. We didn't have time to do anything. We were too busy drinking, dancing, beating up cops, and also curling Dawn's hair, we can add to the list.
2: Uh, something that made me feel sad was when I was looking up Nerf Herder playing the bronze, um, which I don't believe that this is a spoiler in any way, shape, or form, but this is the last time that we see the bronze, ever.
0: Oh, my God.
2: You know what? You know what's good? We
3: got Kennedy and Dawn dancing together. Oh, my it's like, God. I'm just like... This episode was like, do I like Kennedy? And I'm like, I do. I just don't. I don't like the version of Kennedy they've written to be with Willow. Because again, this mm. version of Kennedy is good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you want to go back to Ravello Drive because Buffy does, and no one's home except for Giles. Because all the girls are dancing. <sighs> Giles and Buffy have an exchange that's very much like, I sent, I sent Spike on a mission to kill him again. The important he piece. He
3: was up. right to do it the first
2: time. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Spicy take coming from the top screen in this Zoom. You
3: got, <laughs> Go on. I'm in the middle in, in my Zoom. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying as Buffy says uh, he's apparently the only one who has her back which, shut up. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. What do what you, no, shut up. Also, like, because she's so fucking... Uh, for all this uh, talk Buffy is of, like the mission and I'm going to be serious general. She's so obsessed with Spike and his whole thing and he has a soul now because that is... That's the actual quote of season seven. He has a soul now. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, he's a liability
2: for
0: her.
2: <laughs> yeah. She's so concerned about him. Yeah, he is. He is. I mm-hmm. mean... I'm- yeah, I don't I don't agree with the methodology of um Lies My Parents Told Me. But I, I do. know that's a that is um
3: I love how people always say that's like one of the better episodes of like No, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's it's bad.
2: <laughs> I, I'm glad you guys took it to task. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I do I I agree and I like Rona gives voice to this in this episode as well. Like you are distracted by this thing and also you are acting recklessly for like a variety of reasons. And The seed of this scene, I think, is, like... And Giles brings it up at the end of the episode. You don't think... Like, Buffy doesn't trust anyone at all right now. And that is not a good working environment for anyone. Mm
3: -hmm. And uh, it feels like every time she says, he has a soul now, it's her way of absolving him just so she doesn't have to process so much of the issues that came from him not having a soul. Yeah, And... My issues in general with the Spike soul stuff is, like, I'm I'm not, I'm, I have no problem with him having a soul. My problem is that, like, and people are like, well, he's not like Angel, but, like, I feel like there should be more contrition than what there is. Yeah. Wow, this is the second time I've used the word contrition in this episode. (laughs) I don't really usually use that word, but uh, I feel like there needs to be a lot more contrition that there's not because, you know, Spike makes quips and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sorry to everyone who's going to be upset with me. No, I, I I, I think. No, 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 I. No, I yeah. just in general, uh, I know how um, Buffy fans are. <laughs> uh, any kind of criticism, and I'm not saying all of them, but like certain ones, yeah, I know how they are. <laughs> but
2: I think I think folks, at least in this space, are on board for that yes. critique. I mean, we've been talking, even just like, not even just like, but like for example, the fact that lies my parents told me, and and Spike is still chilling in Nikki's jacket like there is like yeah I mean Spike uh, definitely is getting away in his soul with way more than Angel's soul allowed him to get away
1: with
3: <laughs> and it's, it's not like I'm saying I want him to be as brooding as Angel I, I, I like them being different characters mm-hmm. but it's just like if he's like he's always been an emo little bitch even in vampire dumb so should he not feel more in right. him having a soul now right
1: that Maybe does not, make a lot of I'm, sense, Latoya. Not,
3: not him, like, eating rats. No one's telling him to no. get a terrible wig and eat rats. No, don't but, do that. But, like, he should be feeling more <laughs> immense himself being like, well, I'm still Spike, so,
2: yeah, I guess I'm upset about it. But, like, if you bring it up, I will kill you. Yeah, yeah. I would like to talk about relatable content, if I may, which is... Please, man. Being at a vineyard? No, I'm skipping the vineyard. <laughs> what happens at the vineyard? The first is horse, and Caleb is, like... Buffy just needs one final nudge. Snooze. Oh, well, I, I
3: I put in my notes, though, um, does he support... Because his version of the first is always Buffy. Does he, like, support the first because it's acknowledging that woman is evil? Because, like, the first is the first evil, so it's acknowledging that woman is evil. Is yeah. that why he's like, I'm, I I support this.
2: Nice. Yes, He probably. doesn't like women, but mm-hmm. it also
3: it inherently says woman is evil.
2: Well, also that, like, Go, that like doubles down because he the first is always Buffy for Caleb except for when he's role playing as the women that Caleb killed so mm-hmm. it's really yeah. yeah yeah the first is playing playing up to Caleb's misogyny in terrifyingly disgusting but effective ways
3: say is this is before uh death proof right because I'm like Tarantino stole from this if so
1: oh is it
3: I think it might be right
1: uh, yeah, Death Proof is
2: 2007.
1: Yep. Tear wow. to your soul. Wow.
2: Okay, can I talk about my relatable content at the bronze, which is... Yes, okay, please. Amanda, <laughs> just absolutely losing her shit over Faith. She's screaming to the whole bar, this woman is so cool. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah. This is what we 17-year-olds say about the of-age women who buy us alcohol. Uh-huh. Well, she didn't even intentionally buy her alcohol. No, Faith <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, true, true, true. Right the bronze used mouth.
3: to be more, like, they wouldn't check your ID. The yeah. bronze with all the, the lights? Nope. It's all willy-nilly. There's there's some pervy shit happening at the bronze now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm. Faith, you gets order her, Faith gets her a 7-up, so everything's fine. No, no. no.
1: Faith says she's going to get her a 7-up. Then she dances away and she gets <laughs> caught up in the moment of having her hands over her heads. And then there's some
2: cops. Sorry, but that's the traditional way to order a 7-up. I'm sorry that you didn't know that. You actually just go to the dance floor and move your arms like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So the cops show up being they're like there's like uber vamps and now also uber cops um the cops Mm -hmm. are like our fugitive is here we're going to kill her that's their mission that's their mission that matters is kill the fugitive um faith pulls a faith you could buy me another drink they take her out to the alley and And you know how billy feels about that about a woman who's so forward (laughs) again he
3: should just be billy like they should they should have made the connection
1: support for the show comes from Prose. Prose is the world's most personalized hair care. Prose knows there's more to you than just your hair type. They've given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz. One of those over 1 million consultations was with yours truly Jenny Owen Youngs. There were some questions in the quiz that made a lot of sense to me what's your hair type? How's your scalp? What are your hair concerns? But then there were questions like, What kind of exercise do you do and how often? What's your zip code? What are your eating habits? They really take a holistic look at all the factors that can have an impact on your hair, from personal to environmental. And they use all of that information to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free, And they're the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. And if you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they'll take the products back, no questions asked. I've been using Pros for a while now, and I've been so happy with my hair ever since. I've seen improvements in shine, in strength, in smoothness, and I absolutely love their selection of scents. Prose is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash Buffy. That's pros dot slash Buffy for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas In 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself So the, the potentials are on the inside of the bronze and the fight is happening um, between Faith and the cops outside of the bronze. Dawn mistakenly is like, these are just the Sunnydale cops. They're stupid. And one of them then shoots a chandelier down uh, and is absolutely no. fine shooting everyone in the entire bronze if he needs to. Does anybody else want to talk about the move that Kennedy does to get the gun from the cop? Was anyone else sweating? It was missing... A rotten peach thudding onto
3: the ground, <laughs> which is the only thing that arouses me these days. Okay, that's yeah, fair.
1: That's Toya fair. has exactly one yum, and it has not been served by this episode. <laughs> You guys, I love this move. Uh,
2: I love this move. Okay, I'm sorry, Kennedy. My notes are all. Who are you all... apologizing to? Well, it just nobody else was as turned on as me, so I'm apologizing to the lack of turned onedness in the hot. chat. Hot, she's hot. It's fine. Calm down. It's a good move. <laughs> also, it like it goes. She gets the gun in like the hottest move uh, I've ever seen taking a gun from somebody else, and then like it cuts, and she's in the alley, literally using a billy club on the cop. So, like, it's just a win, 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 win. Yeah, it's a win yep. all the way down for me with Kennedy in this fight. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Faith, what do you call it? A kip, a kip up. Uh, Faith does a little hoop, a little, you know. Um, And everyone's (laughs) having so much fun. What a great fight. The cops are going down. The girls are winning. Hell
3: yeah. And of course, the potentials you assume it would be. And and Dawn, because again, Dawn should be potential. Whatever. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Could a girl who wasn't a potential jump on the back of a Sunnydale police officer?
3: Here's the thing you didn't see. She jumped on his back and then she snapped his neck.
1: Hell yeah. yeah. Don. <laughs> Buffy just rolls up at the absolute worst possible moment after Faith has bopped a cop in his bopped a jugular with a billy club. Uh, and then, to her discredit, Faith does a terrible job explaining what has happened i feel like there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for what's
3: gone on here to buffy's discredit she she's not gonna listen because no, also she goes true, also to, true. to to the default season three season four buffy's like i'm gonna listen to shit i'm in la now in my mind
2: yeah i think that's why <laughs> honestly i think that's why faith doesn't explain what happened because i think faith is like clearly aware that like it doesn't fucking matter I, what she i says. think i
3: wrote like she's gone full like faith just killed the deputy mayor she's not listening to shit mm-hmm
2: hmm Yeah, but Faith, oh, I love okay, I love the thing I love most about this episode is Anya's uh calling out of Buffy, which we'll get to. But the second thing I love the most is when Buffy is like, you put these girls in danger, and how dare you do that? And Faith these is literally children
3: in danger, she these says. Children
2: in danger. And Faith is like. First of all, you don't even know these girls. You should have more confidence in them. And also, how safe were they when you dragged them to the fucking yeah. vineyard? Thank you and Faith.
3: I I, I want to agree with Faith. At, and she's like, they're not children. But also, like, have because you guys have been watching. Have there been moments where she just doesn't know these girls' names? Because that's, like, a, a point that Faith keeps hitting. And But has there been a moment of that?
1: There hasn't I, been, like, a overt moment of that. Probably deleted scene,
3: I'm guessing, then.
1: Yeah, but there's not, like she doesn't have like meaningful interactions with you know what I mean she's not like getting to know them the way that like you would think a person at the like who's like battling the apocalypse and has like a you know small squad of like-minded individuals under her roof like there's not this sort of like uh camaraderie mm-hmm. being uh cultivated yeah you know mm-hmm.
2: yeah there's not been like a scene or anything like that where she specifically doesn't know their names but it does feel very believable that she doesn't know a lot of their names because she's she's like treating them like the group you know rather than like individuals um all right a quick scene oh Buffy punches Faith that's how this scene ends again of of course she does that's
3: that's her default I guess like season three season four her default
2: yeah she's like I don't seem to have a knife on me so why don't you take this fucking right hook um and Faith does just take the right hook and doesn't do anything about it and we'll hear more about that when Wood uh and Faith I mean she often does later on the board again when
3: Buffy comes to LA sometimes Buffy just gives her a right hook and yeah that's true
2: She'll she'll give Angel a right hook, too. All right. Who wants to talk about the motorcycle scene?
1: I'll do it so that Latoya doesn't have to. It's road trip time, baby. Not since Don got on the back of this motorcycle have we enjoyed so thoroughly a little spike in the front. (laughs) Other character on the back. Uh, football helmet on the head. Little scene. Uh, <laughs>
3: this is a terrible description. <laughs> <laughs> not Spike and Andrew. it are... happened before. Has it happened again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Spike and Andrew are taking a little, a very efficient motorcycle road trip up to Gilroy. Uh, Spike's not wearing a helmet. And I don't care for that. Andrew's wearing a football helmet. That can't be safe. Uh, It's not a road trip. It's a covert operation. It's fine. Uh, It turns out these two fellas have a little bit more in common than maybe either one of them originally thought. They're very passionate about the onion blossom.
3: Who is it? Who is the freak bitch who's not, Jenny?
1: (laughs) You know who's probably not into it? Buffy. Yeah. I bet you
2: Giles. What does is, is is also- Buffy like to eat? Giles is not <laughs> into a blooming onion. That is far, far beneath. Get him, get him drunk. He will be. That's What's true. What does Buffy like to eat? Buffy.
3: Yeah, we know what? that she
1: likes non-fat yogurt. Uh, we know that she likes, I think, a cappuccino. We've seen her <laughs> eat fries. She's actually just uh, made of milk. Uh, she's just made of milk. Uh, <laughs>
2: she's not fucking Connor. I mean, literally, like what Buffy? We haven't ever seen Buffy like eat. I think she likes a blue,
3: uh, a bloomin' onion.
1: Yeah, if Spike. All right, all right, it, all right. R- retracted. My apologies. I to Buffy. um, Buffy
3: I lo- is problematic in a lot of ways, but I
2: think she likes a bloomin' onion. <laughs> <laughs> I love the detail that Spike has gathered about how to make. Do you think that Spike has attempted making his own bloomin' onion? He tried to make it in Xander's basement, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> it did not go well. <laughs> uh... Xander's mom was like, "You got oil everywhere."
1: (laughs) He definitely wouldn't try it in his own place. God,
2: imagine he just had like a fry station in one of the like fucking coffins. I just got really sad, like he never got to try it with
3: Joyce. Oh no! I just got really sad about this. Joyce would have just to be clear, people. I don't hate Spike. Okay. (laughs) No, you don't hate Spike.
2: (laughs) I'm letting the people know. Okay. So, um, Spike is like, Andrew, if you tell anybody that we have this conversation, I'll bite you. Andrew's like, that sounds also sexy. Not so either way. <laughs> I win. Great. Andrew's like, what? <laughs> that
3: you talked about a, a blooming onion? You do that every single day of your life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God, here we are on the porch at Ravello Drive. Faith smoking yet another cigarette.
1: Does if anyone this... have a moist, wa- cool washcloth that I could apply to my face?
2: So here's the
3: thing, everyone. Okay. If this isn't winning sexual attention awards, I'm going to fight every single one of you. Honestly. There is a woman's wrestler right now whose whole bit is that she just like yells at everyone from the crowd to the cameraman. I'm going to choke you out. I'm going to choke <laughs> you out. I'm going <laughs> to choke you out. And she just, just starts choking random people out. And I will do that to you if you don't vote for this. And
2: honestly for so there's okay we'll talk about the scene but the thing that really set my my whole head was just a flame it just was set on fire is the look that wood gives to faith when she's like i read people too the way that wood looks at faith in that moment if it does not win a sexual attention award i'll burn the whole place down with my head that is on fire from that moment
3: Should I tell you guys my DB Woodside story?
2: Please, Uh, yes.
3: It's a good story, so no one worry. (laughs) You never know with me. (laughs) I'm not Uh, (laughs) worried. So I met DB Woodside. I got to uh, towards end of season three of Lucifer go on um, sets when we were filming an episode, and I met DB Woodside. I met like all of the cast basically at that point. uh, Besides, because season three, so uh, besides Tom Welling, so I met like everyone. And when, like, DB was literally, like, driving up when I, like, uh, at one point, because he, they were about to do, like, the read-through. He, like, he wasn't filming his scenes that day, where they were doing the read-through. And uh, I was being introduced to DB. He's like, oh, he's like, he literally just told me, thank you so much for your reviews, because especially having another, like, black person... Like being the one to review our show, he was saying how much, like, because they under, like, I understood certain bits, like, about his character and, like, the stories they were telling. He was, like, so appreciative and so happy. And he was, like, he was just so happy that I was, like, doing this work, at, like, in this industry at all.
0: Oh, no.
2: It is a good story, Latoya. Yeah. He's a
1: good that guy. That might be
2: the best story. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Yeah. D.B. Woodside for president.
1: Um, Okay, not to like... Our hearts. Whatever, but did you happen to notice like what he smelled like at all?
3: (sighs) He smelled well. They all smelled well. Again, I met everyone on the cast besides Tom Welling at the time.
1: And they all smelled well, you say. (laughs) Good, okay.
3: Well and good.
1: Okay, so it's just... (sighs) It's just great. This is... Is this... This is the most fun that we have this episode. I don't know. Uh, Faith refers to uh, the bruise that she received from Buffy as her favorite of all her current bruises. Uh, Mm -hmm. She says that Buffy thinks she's a cop. Uh, Faith would like some credit for not killing Buffy, which is a new thing she's trying. I think that's good. Get a load of this. Get a fucking load of this. Wood thinks, actually, that Faith is worried about Buffy. Faith thinks he needs to brush up on his Fuffy history. I think that he recently attended Dirty Girls Weekend in Chicago <laughs> and watched our very, very explicit and informative mm-hmm. educational uh, PowerPoint presentation about exa- many of the fine points of Buffy and Faith's history together. He knows what's up.
2: Yeah, we actually made, we did that whole night for Robin Wood. So, mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of course, favorite of her
3: most recent bruises because her last most recent bruises are all from Angelus and that wasn't fun. No. <laughs> At least not for her.
2: I know I already talked about it, but the look that Wood gives to Faith on the porch will set and keep flammable things away from it, is all I will
1: say yeah, if you're ovulating, don't look directly at the television set, <laughs>
2: uh... <sighs> ok. so Xander rolls up, breaking up this hot, hot moment between wood and faith. Um, before we get to Xander's welcome gathering, we have a very quick clip of the church. A monk jumps out from behind something, attacks Spike. We see that the monk has been burned with a seal. Very recognizable, like Jenny said, because it has one cross on the inside of it.
1: But this actually this priest's burn looks like maybe Caleb like did it and then like turned his hand a little bit and did it again. And it kind of looks more like an asterisk. He than was so a cross.
2: mad. Caleb was so, Caleb yeah. was so mad because He's he so couldn't mad. have whatever the thing is in the church. We don't know what it
3: is. You know who also was mad because she couldn't have what's in the church? Uh, Glory. Glory.
0: Oh, <laughs>
2: shit. Remember season five? Remember season five? I I've been I'm in better one of those episodes, though. Vaguely. So. Vaguely. Um. All right. So Xander is welcomed home by everyone in the room, which really, it's very sweet for Xander, and he deserves it. And Dawn gives him a big hug. But really, this scene which exists. Which is, is when I teared up, actually. When Dawn hugs him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's... I think they do a really good job of, like, conveying the gravity of this loss that he has had.
3: Which is made worse by Buffy ruining everything. Oh, Buffy. Yeah, my note in
2: this scene is, Buffy, give him a fucking minute. Are you kidding me right now? My note is,
3: Buffy, shut the fuck up. My other note is, Anya looking like a cover girl, no bra, hips
2: out. (laughs) 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 Those hips are out. (laughs) Oh God. All right. So the way the scenes are staggered, we only hear Buffy say, Okay, so we're gonna go back in, and then we cut back to the church. So don't worry, we're gonna get a big long ass scene at Ravello Drive that I-, I have a lot to say about, at least at the very least. Um, but before that, uh we learn a little bit about what's happening at the church. Hey, mm-hmm. there's a trapdoor behind Mary. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Picture yeah. me Be pressing every Mary uh, that I ever see to see if there's a trapdoor behind her.
1: <laughs> you <a little> freak. <laughs> Listen, if you have something important you need to show someone, take it from me. Don't just like flip a light switch like some kind of fucking, I don't know what. Pick up a candelabra and walk in towards mary push on mary and she will you know yield to you and reveal a secret chamber wave your candelabra about (laughs) in the room remove a tapestry that for some reason has been rehung over the engraving that made caleb so mad light the text with your candelabra and let spike read does anybody know what this uh language is that it's written in anybody Anybody listening know what the language is that's described on the I'm going to guess
3: Sumerian. That sounds right. So they everything they is, love to do Sumerian. They love Sumerian. I, I, I know when
2: it's Latin,
3: it's Sumerian then. Okay.
2: <laughs> I honestly didn't even, like, I wasn't even looking at the words. Oh,
3: yeah, I didn't like, look at the screen for what, it was just bumps. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I will just note that The the Monk uh, is played by character actor Larry Clark. Recently, he played uh, Mary McCormick's uh, basic husband on Heels, a wrestling television show. Jenny, have you watched Heels yet?
1: Oh, no, but it's on my list.
3: Uh, you should put, keep putting it off until they hired me to write on the show, because what the fuck? <laughs> Indeed. He was also on Survivor's Remorse, which was Mike O'Malley's show before Heels, which is a great show you should watch. He was on the Twin Peaks revival, the bridge, oh. you know, OG Law and Order hurry shows. Shit.
2: Oh, dang. A resume. Yeah, so, whatever language this is written in, Spike knows it. I really thought, I really thought Andrew was gonna be the one to know this. I was like, this is Andrew's moment. He knows how to read so many languages, and yet it was Spike who reads it.
3: It it would make sense to make him useful, right? Yeah. Yes. And he, this is his use.
1: I think what they're doing here to make Andrew useful in the way that they've been seeing Andrew as useful of late is making him like making him fill the sort of storyteller role where where this guy is saying like, ah, Caleb came and he burned me and I hid and I listened to him kill everyone else. And what Andrew says to the priest is running away saved your life, which is like very in line with his sort of like... Mm-hmm. The way that he uh, retells things and, mm-hmm. and, and his finds in ways general. to make them feel heroic. Mm-hmm. Hmm?
3: Mm-hmm. I said this is ethos in general running away saves your life. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so the
0: I'm
2: going to give us the inscription here. It says, It is not for thee, it is for her alone to wield. This is what, Ooh. like Jenny said, makes Caleb kill everyone in the whole church except for this one guy who was hiding. Um, what does it mean? Who knows? Who knows? Not a one among us. So there's only one real scene left and it's a doozy of a scene. The uh, scene I thought where I'd
3: be on Buffy's side and that's why I said, I'll do this episode. Now I'm like, what the fuck? They tricked me. I
2: <laughs> love that bam- you and Luzled Alba me. like had the same experience. Cause I think she went in the same way and left being like, wait. <laughs> Uh, again,
3: I, I think also they, they rewrote kennedy in this entire episode that's the problem because you like kennedy's leading the charge I, I i i know how i feel about that and then what the fuck mm-hmm.
1: i i had the same experience too i think on every every watch up till now i've felt more on buffy's side but now it is clear it's not so much that everyone like it's not so much that buffy is completely wrong it's that it's that like you were saying earlier latoya like The whole thesis statement, the whole point of this show is that Mm -hmm. Buffy is a slayer. She's an active slayer for an unusually long time. And that is always credited to the fact that, unlike slayers before her, she has a support system. She has family. She has friends. She has, like, a father-daughter relationship with her watcher. And they all work together and they all use their individual Mm -hmm. strengths. And Buffy is, like, kind of the leader because she is imbued with the power and you know is the chosen one or whatever but like she also respects everyone else and that's sort of like what's feeling fractured here and it feels like a symptom of last episode like in especially last episode you know Mm -hmm. where she the, the weight on her shoulders has has been increasing exponentially since season seven began and now we're at this point where she Really, she remit, really made a critical, enormous error in judgment, and that resulted in loss of life, uh, broken limbs, loss of eye. And she's not dealing with that in any kind of like productive or healthy way. So, like, everything is just a mess, and she's not doing anything to dig herself out of where she's mm. at, and she's not leaning on the people that have helped her get this far this whole time. And so, it is bad. Thank you for listening.
3: This is why I I always play Devil's Advocate and say I I mean there's stuff I love I love about these last seasons, but like I always say kind of season 5 would have been a perfect ending for the series because I think that when she just fucking shuts down in weight of the world, like that is kind of does a better story than what all of this is in season seven where she's just like, I'm going to do my load of bullshit again and expect to have different results. And obviously not. And I think part of my problem now, as I'm rewatching this episode and realizing, Oh, I'm not on Buffy's side. Is that like, we know what this show is. It's still Buffy, the vampire slayer. So especially at the time, even though it makes, as we're rewatching, we're like, no, they're actually right to push back against Buffy and kick her out. Even though again, they were never right to um, not pay for, pay for the cost of housing at Buffy's home to let her go into supreme debt that was very bad in season six Willow I do mm-hmm. not forgive you for that shit Tara you died so I can forgive you I guess <laughs> um <laughs> the the problem is that like ultimately the show is on Buffy's side so ah. I I know that rewatching it now it's like oh no they're right but ultimately just not even it's not spoiling it's just like saying how i know Mm storytelling is going especially at this time it's it's not going to go well for them because she is still she is the titular buffy the Mm -hmm. vampire slayer Mm -hmm. you know it's like i i can't even feel bad for her because ultimately i know how a television show is going to work and it's like she's going to end up being right even though she's wrong in her execution but like she's going to be right because they are the people who kicked her out of the house, which I always believed prior to this. I'm like, well, yeah, they kicked her out of her house. They're ungrateful people. And again, Willow, pay to live in this home, especially now since you've kicked her out. But it's just she was wrong and something needed to be done. But the show ultimately is not going to say she's wrong because that's not how television works, especially at this time.
2: No, this. So I don't remember how I felt when I saw this scene, you know. Six, seven years ago for the first time, but I was watching this season like I the way that I work for like producer stuff is that I'll watch the whole season before we start recording sort of Mm -hmm. make notes on like anything that I should be aware of that we should pay special attention to and then I watch it one episode at at a time as we tape. And when I was watching um, season seven as a whole, I was also reading um, a newer book by Sarah Shulman called Let the Records Show, which is like a history of the ACT UP movement um, in the 90s in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this scene like sent me on a whole situation because I think... <sighs> I think that as much as we've never seen Buffy like act this extreme in, in like her entitlement or what have you, I think it makes sense with like the more you increase the pressure with anyone, the more you increase the pressure on somebody, the more your weaknesses and your, um, the way that like societal structures have impacted you, like all of those things start to become clearer and clearer and clearer, the more weight that you're under. And so watching this and realizing that like Buffy, the, because she was totally broken at this point, absolutely was like grasping to this concept. I mean, she says it right. Democracies don't win battles. There has to be a single voice. Uh, you need someone to lead you. And I'm like listening to her say this as I'm reading about this incredibly impactful will teach generations uh you know uh, to come about how to like make change as a uh, group of people where there is not one voice and there is not one leader and people actually do listen to each other um and it just it really knocked me over because i think i think and if i had the time i wanted to do like a bigger episode on this because i just feel like there's I think there's like a lot of white supremacist shit in here. I think there's a lot of patriarchal shit in here. Like the structures that are making Buffy think she has to do the things that she is doing feel. And I don't even know if the fucking writers knew what they were. (laughs) I don't know if they knew what they were doing, but it feels like such an incredible example of like, how when you think there needs to be one voice that leads them all it actually just shatters the whole thing because you need to like listen to your community to your point latoya and jenny that you were talking about before like that's what the show has given us from the jump you listen to your community and she's not Mm -hmm. she's being a terrible community leader yeah yeah it's so it's like She's she's wrong and it's bad and I'm also glad that she leaves at the end but it's really devastating to watch and I, I've always felt this way about the scene
3: and it, that at least hasn't changed that uh, Faith is not asking to be put in charge she's not she's not but of course Buffy in her L <laughs> A LA glory is like oh <laughs> you wanted this right and she's like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do shit I've been sitting on the counter just eating hot pockets and cereal.
2: No. <laughs> you want to take everything from me, just like you always do. All of my <laughs> vampire boyfriends. She's like Angel. Can you come here and explain
3: what just like how we went, went through some like therapy because like yeah. Buffy needs some of it. Yeah, Buffy needs to be like in your mind, seeing you yes. do shit or something to learn a lesson. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: Faith has outpaced Buffy at this point. It is so clear that Faith is so much more grounded in who she is and how Faith to listen. Got therapy. Yeah. <laughs> She did Faith I mean Faith had like time with herself and also time in therapy with Angel. She had, she's done a lot of work. Mm. Um I think that there. I mean, you know, we only have sorry to say it, but we only have um 3 episodes left and I'm sure that we'll like talk about this more. Um but I for one would like to at least play the sound clip of Anya Really giving Buffy uh, a dressing down, I think, is
0: one of the terms
2: that perhaps you would use.
0: Mm-hmm. It's automatically you. You really do think you're better than we are. Oh, but I- we don't know. We don't know if you're actually better. I mean, you came into the world with certain advantages, sure. I mean, that's the legacy. I- but you didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You've never had anybody come up to you and say that you deserve these things more than anyone else. They were just handed to you. So that doesn't make you better than us. It makes you luckier than us. Well, shit. Oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to note first that when uh, Buffy says it's not a uh, you can see both mm-hmm. Dawn and Xander's like fuck off faces <laughs> before they even say anything. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, she's like, she's too far gone uh but yeah the things anya calls out is like in terms of like being the slayer technically buffy is a nepotism baby but like you can't like you can't really say she didn't earn shit uh as as a nepotism baby she's like dakota
2: johnson basically <laughs> <laughs> really didn't see that one coming that one really got me, me.
3: comparing buffy to dakota,
2: dakota johnson, johnson my love
3: <laughs> Anya has wanted to say this shit to Buffy. or Like, she said shit to Buffy in Selfless. It's like, Anya and Buffy aren't friends. <laughs> they really are not mm-hmm. friends. They always come to a loggerheads for various reasons that, honestly, I'm always on Anya's side. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, Buffy never really ever respected her or gave her a benefit of the doubt. And she was willing to kill her immediately. Immediately! So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, but Spike has a soul now, so.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um. He can be a good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't
2: know if he's a righteous man, but he can be a good man, apparently. <laughs> Faith has a couple of, um, lines that I wrote in all caps because I screamed when she said them. Um, Buffy is sort of like, cause they, that Kennedy is the first one to suggest they put it to a vote. Rona says, there's another slayer here. Um, so why can't she be the one that is like in charge or whatever?
1: It's important to note that when Rona does say, hey, wha- what about Faith? Faith is like, whoa, 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 whoa,
2: <laughs> Buffy's like commentary on like, oh, I didn't have time to fucking get you drunk and like make you cookies and braid your fucking hair. And Faith goes, or learn their names. <laughs>
1: Er. Er. I
2: screamed at that, and then I also screamed at um, Faith saying, I don't know if I can lead, but the real question is, can you follow? (laughs) I'm nodding my head.
0: (laughs) As opposed to everything I've
3: done when they've spoken.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: shit! (laughs) I don't know exactly how a different solution could be possible but do we think it's the best thing for them to send buffy away from everyone else when there is an evil preacher man who wants to destroy all of them
3: i think they realize that buffy would be all or nothing i think that's uh, the way i'm interpreting it here because uh i don't know if i can leave but you can uh can you follow i'm like Again, uh, to go back to Angel, because that's uh, that's what I what I talk about. Like Angel proved he could follow yeah. uh, after he was a little dick and he like put Wesley in charge. But, yeah. Of course, True. Wesley ruined that by kidnapping his baby, and then and Angel was in Gunder. charge again. Should have
2: definitely been in charge, but whatever.
3: Because one, big, 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 pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's um. There, there, there's a difference between these uh two champions. Yeah. Where even when Angel's in full I'm the decider mode, he just fires everyone. He doesn't like continue to be a mm-hmm.
2: little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> At I least don't... with with them in tow. I really He's don't. A little bitch, but they're not in tow. And don Dawn, <laughs> Dawn being the one to like be the final voice in this, I think to me it's like she did have to leave is it the safest thing for her no but she fucking strolled over to the school by herself earlier like i feel like agree i agree latoya that like she is not going to be able to get where she needs to get without the measure being this extreme there yeah. is there is no middle ground for her at this point but because she can't Willow get there. better
3: be paying for like the mortgage because yeah uh, that yes
2: i agree What's your make xander do it because xander actually makes money mm-hmm. somebody guys pitch in everybody pitch in um, it would be nice
3: xander is a man of means i gotta say mm-hmm. xander is not a fucking uh like mooch like the rest of them he's here basically because he has no eye but uh right, he has a full apartment he has his own yeah. apartment
2: so just briefly, I because I think that uh, Kennedy, like we have said, has a really great episode. I think Rona has had many great episodes. She's been speaking a lot of truth for a long time. Um, and I and when I watched this through the first time through the whole season, I was struck by this and I was struck by it again. When Buffy leaves, the first thing that we see is that Rona says, Ding dong, the witch is dead. And Dawn says, Shut no, your no, mouth. No. And it feels yeah. not okay to me. It does not feel like a thing that Rona, the character, Oh, would yeah, have said. fuck
3: Rona for this. Fuck uh, like, Rona for everything. For this thing.
2: It doesn't feel like rona it doesn't it doesn't feel no, like she would say that it
3: honestly it feels this episode like i was saying about Kennedy. it feels like okay we're back to how obnoxious the fucking potentials actually are mm. this was again uh, uh, uh here i'll give greenberg uh, some props i feel like he wrote them with humanity and in a way i can actually relate to and then it's like okay so we're gonna end this going back to how they
2: actually are right which is that I just wish this line had been given yeah. to somebody else. I don't like it. Cause I was like, yeah, Rona, yeah, Rona. And then it was just like clearly not the thing to say right then. Clearly.
0: Yeah.
3: It's like uh like cool ants in charge now. That's what that's what that line is. Like, shut up.
1: Aunt <laughs> Faith. Uh Faith follows Buffy out onto the porch and she's like Dang, it sure is still sexually charged out here from yeah. before, from the last time two people were on the porch alone. <laughs> yeah. And Faith tries to be like, "Hey, you know, some stuff," and Buffy's like, "Don't saying some stuff." And you think she's gonna be like, "Fuck you, don't yeah. say whatever you're saying to me and whatever, don't make your excuses, whatever." But then she's like, with a tear running down her cheek. She's like, don't be afraid to lead them. And then she says, whether you wanted it or not, their lives are in your hands and it's only going to get harder from here. So protect them and lead them. I feel like this feels nice because it feels, uh, I don't know, like it, it has like the echo of sort of like more... Of what we would have come to expect, of what we've come to expect yeah. from Buffy, you know? Like, it's it's free from the bullshit. It's just concern for mm-hmm. yeah. these li- these h- real human lives. No more fronts. what's going to happen. Right.
2: Yeah, it's nice. And it's also nice that Faith goes after her, you know? Like, I feel like it's in keeping... Well, of, of
1: course she does.
2: With the rest of this episode. Like, Faith, as much as she is faith is very aware is very attuned to where buffy is and what buffy is doing and why and all this stuff and I think she's the only one that's as deep down in these trenches to be able to, you know, when you're like really fucked up and somebody else is really fucked up and they're the only person you can fucking count on to look at you in the eyeballs and be like, this is fucked up. It's like that. They're, they're those two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what's happening. And I, I think it's really nice. Um, I do feel like we have seen Buffy walking sadly alone into the darkness so many times at this point in season
1: seven. <laughs> It's, like, losing I'm a little just, bit of its edge for me. <laughs> I'm just so thankful that this coincides with the mass exodus from Sunnydale so that there is undoubtedly a vast so many selection houses. Yeah. of houses Buffy can choose from to she's squat in. Just,
2: she's just across the street at 1629, Rovella. She's, like, hey, right? she's like <laughs> waving through the window. What is
3: she, fucking Bugman from season two? Oh, my God. She's going to try to sell some <laughs> makeup to them the next morning. <laughs>
2: She's like, this is where this is where Pat used to live. (laughs) (laughs) Um, speaking of Pat and all of the sexual tension she brings with her, should we go forth? Hit it, bitch!
0: (laughs) Wow.
1: goodness welcome back to yet another one of the the fourth from the end the fourth most final the <laughs> the pen pen ultimate the pen 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 ultimate pen squared ultimate <gasps> uh installment of the sexual tension awards listen It's just getting bleaker and bleaker, but we're scrounging for what we can find in these episodes. Oh, please. There
2: was so much sexual tension in this episode. Come on.
1: All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. right, right. We have we have carefully and uh, thoughtfully selected four sets of noms to jam into these slots. So here they are in slot number one. Nothing says girlfriends like running after her when she is exiled from the house and having a little convo on the porch. It's Buffy and Faith. It could happen. It's fine. Uh in slot number two, we've got a we've got we've got a couple slots full of LaToya's favorite things coming up. In slot number two, <laughs> in you know. One of the one of the most exciting uh, components of a pairing is steaminess, if if uh, if I may be so bold as to say so, and uh, this pairing is not short by any means on steam. It's faith and a hot pocket. That's <laughs> why hates it.
2: She loves uh, that hot pocket.
1: In slot number three, uh, we have another pairing um, that is good to me uh Kristen have you ever seen um a t-shirt or leather jacket that says on the back of it if you can read this the bitch fell off I have I have I I just saw one um in an episode of a different ever? vampire no not for the first time uh, ever but I just saw one some I just saw one earlier today on an episode of a different vampire show oh, okay, okay so it's fresh at the top of my mind mm-hmm. um Nobody knows if anybody's wearing such a garment in this episode, but we do see two people on a motorcycle. It's Spike and Andrew.
2: Latoya's eye roll was <laughs> so big that her whole
1: Just head Because right, I know they're going to win, so I don't even. No, no, no no no, <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: no, no, no.
1: And then we come to who it you at people last. Are. <laughs> the final slot, and honestly, the only acceptable slot. <laughs> By far the best slot. Mm hmm jam-packed with two extremely hot noms who have a very good scene together. Please let them read each other when you cast your vote. Shit. It's Faith and Wood. Hot,
3: hot, hot. I I am prepared for the hot pocket to beat this. <laughs> I, I, I've listened to your show. I know what happens.
1: No, no, no. Don't let Latoya down. Vote. With your, you know, heart and your head and also your bathing suit area, please.
2: (laughs) See, this is why you got to wait it out for what she's going to come out with. Because it's always good. It's always good. Bathing suit area. (laughs) It's about (laughs) as sexy as sexual tension words has ever gotten around these parts.
1: (laughs) So uh, those are your options. You must know what to do at this point, but I'll tell you anyway, just in case. Please cast your vote, make your voice heard in our beautiful democracy. Uh, the Twitter poll will be live for this round of the sexual attention wars on our Twitter account for one week from the publication of this episode. I'm we watching are at all buffering of you, cast. Latoya, and is Latoya will be watching. You.
2: well folks
1: here we are we did it who's getting kicked out of the house at the end of our episode right now
2: me it's me it's me (laughs) uh, (laughs) i think buffy's going across the street to go lay down and take a little nap so i would like to actually be the one kicked out of the house can i be kicked out of the house (laughs) i'm glad we all want to be kicked out of the house (laughs)
3: to be in that house come on right i want to
2: have a good night's
3: sleep mm-hmm. don't wants to be kicked out of
2: that house <laughs> Dawn's like can i come though yeah <laughs> yeah right be kicked out of that house.
1: um wherever buffy goes she's gonna have her own bathroom why and that all live in the same great. house why live in a
3: central location it's buffy's house we know it's, this place is fragile
2: especially now that all the houses are empty there's so many every potential could have their own house y'all need to move your shit All right, LaToya, um, can you tell the good people where they might find you? No. Great. LaToya (laughs) said fuck off, okay? But as a matter of fact, you're not allowed to know where LaToya can be found until you place your proper vote for the sexual
1: attention awards. Mm
0: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Correct. Uh,
1: Jenny, how about you? Oh, my gosh. Well, let me tell you what. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and uh, when I'm not making this podcast, I am making songs. I have a new EP called It's Dangerous to Go Alone. It came out in June. It's a collection of songs inspired by video games. You can find that EP on Bandcamp or your favorite digital music platform. You can give me a shout on Twitter and Instagram uh, and even TikTok at Jenny Owen Youngs, and you can join me for live streams on my Twitch channel on a weekly basis, okay? Okay. What about you?
2: Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, my name is Kristen Russo, and um, when I'm not watching Buffy or talking to LaToya about Peaches thudding on the Netflix series First Kill, you can learn about- work that I. <laughs> you can learn about work that I do with LGBTQ plus communities. Thud. <laughs> Website kristenolene dot com. That's Got thud, 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 <laughs> thud, thud, thud 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 com. Use that spelling to find me on Twitter or on Instagram. <laughs> and what about us, Jenny? Thud thud with an I. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Mm. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. You can email us at Slayer at gmail.com. If you want to support us, you can do that by, God.
2: <laughs> by being really nice to us or just by like voting properly in the Sexual tension Awards or yeah. by going to our Patreon where we have bonus podcasts and lots of fun things. Learn all about all of those things, bufferingthevampireslayer.com.
1: This episode was produced by Kristen Russo Jenny Owen Youngs and Al Badazza with support from our consultant Mackenzie McDade it was edited by John Mark Nelson it featured a very special guest appearance by my number one favorite and best friend of all time LaToya Ferguson and till next time ah woo woo. LaToya's saluting Ah. (laughs)